Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined by Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Disney Deciphered. And uh, it's good to see you, Joe. Joe's on the road this week traveling, so he doesn't have his usual mic. So if he sounds a little different, he'll be back in the future with his deep, pearly voice. I don't know. How would you describe your voice, Joe? Just deep and pearly go together as adjectives? And I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes things just come to mind and you yes. have to say them. I don't, I don't Do know. Do you where have to say them, Sean? Yeah, I apologize. Um, I'm sure it's a little bit echoey. And um, also, a rookie mistake. I didn't, I brought a mic, but I didn't check to make sure everything was working before I got here and then I couldn't get it to work. But uh, yeah, I'm on the road. It's like we, it's like we switched spots, Sean. You're editing this week. I'm on the road recording from a hotel with. Obviously, we're not on video, but you guys never see this. But whenever Sean's at a hotel, I just see a blank wall behind him. And that's what he's looking at today. So, um, yeah, apologies for the mic, but hopefully the content makes up for it. You know, it's fun uh, traveling uh, while you're recording because it's like every room is different. And it's like a, a new experience every single time. And, uh, you know, the we recorded the Vegas show, the MTM Vegas show with Mark a few weeks ago when I was on the Virgin Voyage cruise. And I had such slow upload that we couldn't see each other. And the delay was about nine seconds on, on it. And, you know, I was able to edit it where you would never know the difference. But it was quite uh, quite the experience. No delay here. So we can actually talk to each other. It's like you're podcasting with space, you know, in like outer space, like in the sci-fi movies, there's always like a pause between and you have to, you know, that's why they say over and stuff. So, yeah. But uh, I'm in Charlotte, first time back since the pandemic. I think longtime listeners know that we used to visit here quite a bit. Sean, um, I want to talk about where we're staying at a Hyatt House because it's really nice. But before we get to that, uh, I did want to tell you this story, Sean. So Bojangles, have you ever been to Bojangles? Have you ever been in the South? Yeah, I've been to Bojangles a couple of times. And it's not like, let me say this, it's not like the best fried chicken in the world or anything like that, but it's fried chicken that you can get in the South that you can't get up in Massachusetts. And so whenever I'm down in Charlotte, and like I said, it's been a few years, although we did have some when we drove down to uh, Myrtle Beach, I think we went to, I don't remember. But uh, when we did that long drive, we did have some. But, you know, whenever I'm in Charlotte, I have to have it. And there is a Bojangles across the highway from, you know, not, not a full highway, but like one of those two lane highways from where we're staying. So we went, like as soon as we got out, we got off the plane at 8 p.m., went straight to Bojangles. And then, Sean, I got in there, and they're like, we don't have any fried chicken. I mean, isn't that their whole menu? I mean, isn't that what they're... <laughs> yes. 
It was 8.30 p.m. Like, this is not like, you know, it wasn't like end of the night or anything. I mean, it was a little late, but they did not have any fried chicken. So I had to have their chicken Supremes, which were like their chicken tenders or whatever, which they were good. But, you know, I'm not here. Like, I can eat chicken fingers anywhere. And so and they didn't have any bow rounds, which is my favorite thing. They're like thick um, silver dollar sized uh, tater rounds um, that are really good. So I told I told Jess we're gonna have to go again, unfortunately. And like at that point, like I couldn't, we couldn't go somewhere else to eat because it was like eight forty five. Have to get the kids to bed. So supremely disappointing. Uh, no pun intended. I didn't even mean to say that, but yeah, went to Bojangles. No fried chicken. Just amazing. Well, I couldn't. Men- we can't. We can't talk about Charlotte without mentioning Carowinds, right? Because uh, that's where I always find myself in Charlotte going to Carowinds, which is one of the best amusement parks in the country, if people don't know. I'm sure you're not going there, but it actually sits on the border of North Carolina and South Carolina. So half the park is in one state, half the park is in the other. And uh, it's a really cool park with like tons of good coasters. So it's another reason to go to Charlotte. And the barbecue down there is pretty good too. Yeah, that's so funny because, um, you know, we're here to visit my sister-in-law, which, um, you know, again, long-time listeners will know they live down here. And two things happen. Number one, this is kind of a reminder to everyone traveling this summer. They had major passport delays. Um, they were supposed to stay at Dreams Royal Beach in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic, Hyatt property, for those of you who are into that, all-inclusive. But they did not get their kids' passports back in time, um, and they didn't expedite. It was, like, way longer. You know, they say it's supposed to be 12 weeks, or at least when they did it three months ago. They said it was supposed to be 12 weeks. And, yeah, they didn't get their passports. So, you know, I just applied for our youngest daughter's passport renewal for this summer. And I did expedite it just, you know, to me, it's like $40 is not worth or whatever the fee is, is not worth the stress. Anyway, they didn't get their passports, needed a spring break trip. So of course, being in-laws with a travel agent, Disney travel agent focused, I sent them to Disney World. And it's funny you brought a Carowinds. I had not heard of it until two hours ago. But then my sister-in-law said that her kids who are pretty young, five and four, seem pretty into the thrills and they're like maybe we'll just go to carowinds and they can ride a bunch of coasters for like 40 bucks so carowinds twice in one day yeah carowinds is owned by cedar fair which is the same company that owns cedar point it used to be a paramount park so it used to be themed to paramount and they bought them i don't know over a decade ago and that's the park that cedar fair has put a lot of money and investment in they built a hotel there and they put a lot of world-class coasters there including the one that goes over the entrance, Fury 325, a 325-foot coaster, which is widely considered to be one of the best in the world. So it is a traditional park, you know, built in the 70s. So it has that traditional amusement park vibe if you like it. I think it's kind of cool that some of the parks in one state, some of the parks in the other, but uh, it's pretty high quality as far as amusement parks, right? Not on, you know, I, I separate amusement from theme parks in my own mind, so I'm not comparing it to Disney, Universal, that stuff, but uh, it's a cool place. I've been there several times, and it's one of my favorite amusement parks in the country. And uh, like I said, every time I go down there carowinds and some good barbecue which uh which is always uh, nice for the soul and charlotte's a cool city i really like it uh i've i've had some some cool experiences down there some really beautiful parks and nature around there too so i uh, highly recommend going down there and if you're ever flying into charlotte like on american you can actually see carowinds if you're on usually on the right side of the plane you can see the entire amusement park from above as you fly in which is neat and nerdy because you know i have this obsession with satellite views nerd alert nerd alert no no i mean now i'm like oh i wish i'd known that i would have like looked more carefully at what we're looking at coming in but i i love that too like whenever i am flying into home like i'm always like trying to find my house or like landmarks near my house now that encore is built the big win casino uh in everett massachusetts which is near where i live you know I, i look for that and then once i find that i can try to find you know it's it's funny how like uh, yeah, and again, I mean, I like satellite views too, 
Sean. And it's funny how you live in a place and you know how to get from point A to point B. And you even use Google Maps. But when you see the satellite version, you're sometimes not sure if what you're looking at is what you think. I mean, so Encore really helped actually with that. And we have a river bias and stuff like that. But still, it's like what part of the river, um, you know, or especially when we're flying out over Cape Cod, I try to figure out like what part of Cape Cod we're in. So yeah, I'm a nerd about that stuff too sometimes. I mean, it's so nice when you're up in the air. The other cool airport before we move on to fly into obviously is Reagan National in DC because you get such amazing views of all those iconic buildings and monuments and everything. And I, I could do that a million times. Like I, I, I get giddy as like a kid every time I'm flying in there. I don't do it enough because from the West Coast, not a lot of flights into DCA, but uh, usually I'm flying into Dulles or somewhere else. But every time I get to do it, it's a treat. So yeah, I'm sure people out there are nerdy like that too. The half flight is so stressful though because they do that. They like, they, I think it's it's because of the airspace above the White House or something like that. But they like bank in, like they come in a turn right before um, they land. So that's always that's always pretty fun. And so um, enough nerd plane stuff. I did want to talk a little bit about the hotel that we're staying at. Um, it's a Hyatt house. It looks like it's built brand new. And I haven't been in a Hyatt house in a long time. And this one is like really nicely appointed. I mean, it's new, but then I forgot that like I totally blanked on the fact that, you know, and this of course doesn't matter because we're like 10 minutes away from where my sister-in-law lives, but they have a stove, they have a microwave, they have a fridge, they have a dishwasher, they have dishes. Like I for- I totally forgot, I guess, that Hyatt house is like kind of the long-term residence, like a residence in type deal. Uh, like I'm sitting at you know, a counter table um, where we could eat if we were like cooking stuff here. There are two queen beds, a queen sofa bed. Um, the shower's nicely appointed. So I, I've been pretty impressed. Um, and I, I think I mentioned it, like I booked this as a non-refundable rate by mistake. We were like debating whether we were going to stay with the in-laws or not, like at their house. But I, you know, I booked it on a non-refundable rate and I didn't feel like I probably could have gotten out of it if I had asked, but didn't feel like it. So yeah, Hyatt houses are pretty nice. So I'm sure you've been in some more recently than I have, but it was good to a good reminder. Yeah, Hyatt House has the same problem that Hyatt Place does in that they have some very old properties that just absolutely stink. I, I stayed one in one last month in LA that was an old one, and it, I, I just, I really don't like the product at all. But I've stayed in several of the new builds, and they're great. I mean, not just good, like great. Really love the way they look, the, the color schemes, the rooms are really nice, and uh, I highly recommend them. I also like the new Hyatt Places, but I would say between a new Hyatt Place and a new Hyatt House, honestly, I prefer Hyatt House these days on those new builds. Uh, so, but it does have that problem. It's kind of got to look at the property, look at pictures of it, see how old it is. Cause they do have some really old properties that are just not very nice and they don't really compare to the quality of the new properties. Um, but yeah, I, I stayed in one in Tampa recently. That was just fantastic. Uh, a, a couple other ones in the last year that are just newer builds and totally agree. And oftentimes, you know, they're a good deal on points and, uh, they can definitely help you like save money if you want to cook, or it's just nice to have that space. And even though you're not guaranteed an upgrade as a globalist, a lot of times they will upgrade you to the suites, which have like a bedroom and and other stuff. Although, uh, like I said, at that brand, it's not guaranteed. So you can't really count on it, but it's always nice to have a little kitchenette at least. Yeah, it was not upgraded, but this room is pretty big regardless. It's 517 square feet. So, you know, and my wife walked in and immediately was like, wow, this hotel is pretty nice. And yeah, this one, uh, you know, I 
It's Hyatt House Charlotte slash Rhea Farms. It's in a kind of, I wouldn't call it a mini mall. It's like a big mall, outdoor mall called Rhea Farms. And it's very new. There's like a patio place outside where like people can hang out and like drink or whatever. There's a really nice bar in the lobby. And also they even have a small pool. So yeah, definitely one of these new builds that you're talking about. Um, I'll tell you one thing that did burn me is, you know, I am trying to do the built 20 night express globalist thing and i checked in on april 16th which is one day before you know they've released they've since released terms and conditions saying you have to you know or it was confusing for a while and so they're saying you have to start on april 17th and so i'm here for four nights but uh, i don't think it's going to count or i can't risk it not counting because we got in on april 16th so that was too bad but like i said i booked a non-refundable rate and then i actually wrote my concierge and i was like oh can i split this day and she said if you're in the same property hyatt will automatically emerge merge your stays unless you have one night in between if it's the same property so that was interesting to learn because you know i'm also doing the bonus journeys thing but i did have a single stay before this so that um, i can get the full bonus journeys yeah they definitely do that i've had stays where i booked one night reservations for four or five nights and they just automatically do it it can be very convenient because you don't have to like contact them or anything yeah it's it's helpful <laughs> because when it is yeah for normal people you know it's helpful so i had a, a little bit of a disappointment this week as you know um i've been talking about using that stupid delta vacations voucher from years ago on a disney cruise and then we learned this week i actually joe is helping me and we learned this week that delta vacations is separate from delta cruises and i cannot use it for that so now i have to go back to the drawing board and i'm considering maybe doing a universal hotel and then adding universal tickets and then upgrading those to season passes or i might do alani which is how i originally got that voucher because I was booked for Alani. So I'm sure I'll find a good use for it. It's still good through the end of the year. And uh, I was, I'm always nervous every time we ask Delta about it, like that they're going to suddenly change the rules on me, but they did confirm that it's still good through the end of the year. I also booked a cruise, a big surprise out of London in June, going to the Norwegian fjords, which is a, a itinerary I'd always wanted to do going to Norway. Carnival sent me an offer where it was like a free cruise uh, or it basically was a hundred dollar fare for me and my wife. And then we each got a hundred dollar credit. And then it was only $80 for my daughter plus taxes. So a uh, nine night cruise in uh, ocean view, not a balcony, but uh, going up to Norway. So I'm really excited about that. Norway's uh, the only country in Scandinavia I haven't been to. And I've just always wanted to do that itinerary. I've heard it's like Alaska, but even more beautiful. So I'm really just looking forward to that. And that's going to be in June. So we're going to spend most of the summer in Europe, I think, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. I was going to do a Disney cruise out of Barcelona a couple weeks before that, uh, which is what I was going to use the voucher. Yeah, Barcelona. Uh, but now I'm, maybe I'm too cheap. So I don't know if I'm going to do the Disney cruise. I'm still considering it, but I wish I had more Disney gift cards. I don't have, you know, enough to cover the whole cruise. And I, although the price, you know, a seven night cruise is about $4,000, was it $4,400 in a balcony uh, cabin out of Barcelona in late May? While that is sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money, for a Disney cruise, it's not a lot of money. It's actually a very affordable cruise, especially in a veranda cabin on Disney Cruise Line, right? I mean, I've seen some crazy prices on the, on their longer cruises. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking for a client because they had originally been looking because so uh, the rate that Sean's talking about is what's called a guaranteed with restrictions rate. So it's like completely non-refundable. Sean doesn't get to pick the veranda that he's going to be in, et cetera, et cetera. But though they do a pretty good job of, you know, if you have two verandas, they'll try to put you together like with your family close by, but no guarantees. That's like 40% off of rack rate. Like I think that cruise in May would be like $8,500 or at least $8,000 in a veranda. So like you said, for Disney, it's much cheaper. And I was looking for a client in July. They had originally 
been looking at guaranteed with restrictions and it was 7500 for a seven nighter in july you'll see the you can just see the difference there between may and july which is always why it's better to you know travel in shoulder season but the guaranteed restrictions rates went away and so you know a regular room on that cruise is twelve thousand dollars so that's how much it can get to be for a disney cruise line so um yeah i mean 4400 isn't bad sean yeah that's what my struggle is right now it's like i do want to try disney cruise line you know and expand to that that would be my sixth different cruise line so yeah this might be the best opportunity because also the three and four night cruises don't really do it for me and you know this is that's usually the price of like a four night cruise right so getting the full week also there's some cool things there's uh mallorca is is a city that i haven't been or an island that i haven't been to and uh, i think there was a couple other ports that i hadn't been to some others i had like rome you know chivitavecchia which isn't the best port anyway because it's really an hour from rome and then you gotta go into the city and stuff but uh i'm still considering it so we'll see uh how if i can convince jasmine to do that and we we have it i did want to do the transatlantic which is you know 13 days before that i just don't trust i I need to have internet access and after doing the transatlantic on carnival last year where i was basically cut off for almost two weeks i just can't really do that so because the transatlantic was only 5100 last time i looked for a balcony cabin for a 13 night cruise 13 nights of disney out at sea in the middle of the ocean sounds like a nightmare to some people i'm sure but to me that would be probably a, a lot of fun yeah that's awesome yeah i mean well if you if you do it i think i think you all will have fun and you're right it's it's very tough to find stuff uh, at that price point and the, the other night thing the other nice thing is for normal clients, like when they're doing Disney cruise lines, they're generally Disney fans first. So they don't know if they like cruising. So it's always like, well, just start with a four-nighter so it's not too long in case. But, you know, for you guys, you you guys know that you're totally cool with cruising. So, you know, it's just trying the Disney brand. So the seven-nighter would definitely make a lot of sense for you. While we're talking about summer plans, I did want to, this is something we've talked about before on the podcast, but I wanted to remind people about it. The Hyatt family rate, which you do not need to be a globalist or anything to get is super useful. So you're still still lacking flights to the South Pacific, Sean, I will point that out, but have tentative dates to be in Auckland. And so I booked the Park Hyatt Auckland for four or five nights, I can't remember. And I booked that on points, but then I emailed my concierge. So, okay, if you're not globalist, you can't email your concierge, but you can still do what I did, which is, you know, ask Park Hyatt Auckland if I can get a family rate room for the second room. Um, and so that we can have two connecting rooms because it felt like Asia, like they... I don't know if you ever, you probably have never looked at Park Hyatt Auckland, Sean. The two options are a king bedroom or a two twin bedroom, but not, it doesn't look like a European double twin bedroom. It looks like a very nice, like spa type room, but it's still two twin beds. So it's just, it was kind of weird. You know, this is this whole twin bed thing. And I can't get over it. I'm jealous of that because the Park Hyatt Auckland was a property that was under construction for like, I don't know, six years. It kept getting delayed. Um, I don't like know what the rooms look like. I haven't looked at it recently, but I do know where the location is. And I have been to Auckland and I know exactly where the hotel is and it's a great location. So yeah, it's great close to the water, everything you want to see there. And I miss it. I haven't been to Auckland since 2008. So I, I oh wow, or actually to that late 2007, haven't been to New Zealand. I was there basically over Christmas and New Year's, which was a cool time to be there. Kind of, it's really their summer, but it's still cold. It's never warm in New Zealand. Uh, but you know, it was still the Christmas lights in the middle of summer. All that stuff was a lot of fun. And uh, it's such a cool country. I mean, I keep telling myself if I keep talking about this trip on the podcast, like eventually we're going to have to force ourselves to go. So um, that's the idea. But uh, I realized I forgot to say what the family rate is. The family rate is if you have a room and sometimes depending on the hotel, they'll let you do it. If you've even booked that room on points, you can get a second room that is adjoining for the rest of your 
for like the second half of your family at half of what the normal rack rate is. Now at the Park Hyatt Auckland, that's coming out to like, I think $300 US or something like that, um, which is still like quite a bit of money. But for two rooms in a Park Hyatt in Auckland for, I think it was only 20,000. I think it was only a category four, must be five, but it was 20,000 points and $300 per night for two rooms. And we need the space and plus they don't have the occupancy. Um, you know, I, I felt like that's a no brainer and it's even better at other properties where, you know, the rack rate is much lower. So, um, high family rate, you know, that's what you ask for. Not every hotel offers it, but when they do, they know exactly what you're talking about when you ask for it. Now you're not going to get state credit for both rooms because the member only gets state credit for the primary room, but you should earn points on the second room as well, right? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, at the very least, you know, the money spent on that room and stuff like that. So it's the difference between paying, uh, $1,200 for two rooms or 20,000 points and $300. So, you know, it works out pretty well. Plus, I don't know, who who knows when we'll ever go back to Auckland. Yeah, it's a far, long way away. Like I said, I've been wanting to get back there and it's been 15 years now. So one, one day we'll get back there. And Australia too, it's been too long. Uh, so the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Car, we should talk about this. They brought back their five free night offer, which I think uh, was... Uh, public for a couple months last year. This is a pretty good offer. Earn five free nights after spending 5000 in the first three months. Um, you get five certificates. They're each worth 50,000 points. You can also add up to 15,000 points per cert to use it at properties that are up to 65,000 points a night. Has a $95 annual fee. So, I mean, five free nights, I think this offer is really good. Obviously, you need to plan, make sure you're going to use them because it's different than getting points, which can just be in your account. But this is a very valuable offer if you use it right, especially since you can now top off and get a little bit higher category uh, stuff with that. So, you know, it's uh, also you get elite night credits with the card and you also get a free night award every year after the account anniversary. That's a 35K cert, but a great welcome offer, a card that may be worth keeping for people for the elite night credits and the free night going forward. But uh, I think it's a no brainer on a sign up bonus. Yeah. Also uh, bonus categories, which aren't like amazing, but you know, the, that's not what's going to move the needle, but it's a nice throw in on top of that. Obviously like extra points for Bonvoy stuff up to 17x, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's kind of whatever. But um, the thing that might be useful to some people is 3x on grocery, gas, and dining for the first 6,000 spent on combined purchases, which, you know, is not a ton, but better than a kick in the head. Yeah, well, keep in mind that Marriott Bonvoy cards have these weird eligibility restrictions between Chase and American Express. We do have an article on the website. We'll put a link in the description so you can see the offer. It's not an affiliate link. We just have a direct link to it. They may bring it out as an affiliate link. I don't know, but uh, we always link to the best offer. So we do have that on the site, but it also explains, you know, what, who's eligible, who's not, because it can get confusing and trying to explain it here on the podcast would just, I think, confuse everybody. But uh, if you haven't had the card, if you don't have a Marriott Bonvoy card, this is an offer I think that's worth considering, especially if you have some extra points where you can use them to like top off uh, those certs. Because I think at the 65K level, you can get some really nice hotels. Even at the 50K level, you can often get nice hotels depending on the market and everything else. So uh, it's definitely better than those 35k certs that we usually see. So Joe, did you see this article that John Ryan wrote about student discounts? There's a couple different, you know, membership programs that you can join for students. And this applies to high school students, which I really didn't know. Also college students. I had heard about college student discount programs. Um, the two that he wrote about were Unidays and Student Bean or Student Beans. And uh, basically the discounts he sort of talks about, you can get discounts on things like Costco membership, but also like 20 for 20% off Verbo, 
percentageoffbooking.com, up to 40% off hotels.com, um, some other stuff, discounts on Amtrak, a lot of different savings on travel and other stuff. So I think they're worth checking out. And if you have like a high school age kid or, you know, you have a kid who's in college and they want to save a little bit more, that's always good. And they're also, you know, while we're talking about it, you can join certain programs to get discounts. I know all over Europe, they have student discounts. So if you're of the age, definitely get your student kind of ID verified so that you can save all over the place. I mean, this is kind of like a reminder that, you know, we're we're old now, Sean, but uh, <laughs> always good to have the, I think, actually, I don't even know if John Ryan is Gen Z, man. He might be Gen Alpha. Uh, so actually, he, he he's probably Gen Z because my high school seniors complain about Gen Alpha. They, they don't want to associate with them. They still uh, claim Gen Z, but they're right on the border. But it's a reminder that like, if you are listening to this and you started young, you know, we always constantly say that like, oh, we wish we had started like in our early 20s, like getting into this game. You know, there are opportunities available for you. Obviously, you're not like making as much income as you would be if you were middle aged and old. But you know, there are these opportunities to get you into the game to like get your foot in the door. And so take advantage of those student discounts. I mean, I remember you know like imagine if like the first credit card i signed up for was discover and that was in college because you know you walk by one of those well, who knows maybe they're all virtual now but you i walk walked by one of those fairs and like someone was telling me to sign up for a discover card well if you're starting young and you're still in college but you have all this knowledge about where the travel hacking game can get you you're in such a better position which uh is why it's awesome that john's on the team but also a reminder that for there are opportunities for the youth out there that we can't take advantage of anymore although like you said you know maybe you can use your uh your older children to uh, get into that game. That reminds me uh, several years, I don't know, 10 years ago now that we were in Dubrovnik and we're going to climb the walls in the old city of Dubrovnik. And I was still in college because I, you know, I was out on my own when I was really young and didn't have a chance to go to college. So I went back, got my bachelor's degree later on. And so I was, you know, 26. No, no, I was older than that, a little bit older than that. And I actually, I think I had just graduated, but I still had my student ID. So I tried to get a student discount and, and the guy was like fighting with me saying, you're not a student you're too old and uh you know but i but he gave me the discount anyway so even older students if you're in college or you're taking a class just remember to bring your id and that can really unlock a lot of discounts everywhere if you're a little older just be prepared to fight because sometimes they do have requirements like 26 and under but other times they just want you to show the id and uh, also like these membership programs can get you discounts on flights i mentioned in there discounts on like hotels.com and did you hear that hotels.com and expedia and verbo they're merging their loyalty program and hotels.com has that really popular loyalty program where you get like what a free night after every 10 nights it used to be great because you used to be able to get the free night at any hotel and now it's based on your spend during the original 10 nights but Expedia who owns all these brands has said that they're going to launch one key which is a uh, a new program which you know whenever they launch a new program it's never as good as the old ones uh, Expedia's new current program isn't all that great but hotels.com I know a lot of people who use that who will be really sad to see that go have they announced any details of the program yet you know it's so funny like last week I was like Oh, shoot. I have remember those city Expedia cards and everyone was like so excited about them. Of course, it's like another one in the long list of bonuses, along with Radisson Blue uh, that I got that like I never used. Um, and I was like, oh, I still have like $500 of like Expedia credit. I, I got to use that. So I guess I got to use that before this new program kicks in, unless for some reason, you know, some every once in a while. 
and this is more for like airlines and hotels, maybe one out of every eight program changes, they will make it so that you get more out of what you originally had. Like when Star Wars and Marriott, remember when they merged, like originally we were all doing the nights and flights thing and we we all kind of got a, a lot of, uh, you know, we got a lot of good value out of that before the changeover or it was something like that. But um, yeah, I got to use those Expedia points, which are just sitting dormant. Don't be like me, everyone listening to this. Yeah, they haven't announced any of the details on the earning, only that it's going to be a combined program and that it's going to launch in mid 2023. And it's going to be one key is going to be the name and the rewards currency will be one key cash. So that's basically uh, all that we know. And that's, again, Expedia, Hotels.com, and Verbo. So I guess, you know, it actually gives you a more wider range having Verbo on there. You know, if you want to do homestays, things like that, you can tie in the rewards between all of those different programs and different sites. Although I don't know that there's a huge difference between Expedia and Hotels.com as to what they offer. Uh, but uh, at least Verbo has a whole different selection of properties. So I guess in that way, it's good to combine everything. But, uh, you know, that that long-loved uh, Hotels.com program is finally dying its final death after devaluations uh, over the years it's like my dad's favorite program like it's definitely a favorite of like the normies all right and another quick uh, note life miles has launched a transfer bonus and this is actually life miles doing it a lot of times we see transfer bonuses from american express for various programs or you'll see capital one offer one or city offer one but this is life miles offering it to basically all of their partners so if you transfer american express membership rewards city thank you capital one miles hsbc points or brex points you'll get a 10 percent bonus so not the most lucrative bonus that they've offered but if you have any life miles redemptions coming up this can just be a nice little way to get the bonus and it's also nice that it's across all those programs. So if you have, you know, some city thank you, some membership rewards, uh, you can cash those in and get a 10% bonus. So it's interesting. I don't know that other programs, do you remember any other programs that kind of initiated on their end? seems like Life Miles is the only one who, who does that. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm just forgetting. Yeah, never commit to anything live that you haven't looked at before, Sean. But uh, yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head. I mean, it feels like it's typically the banks. Although we never know on the back end who's actually juicing these things. All right. And I want to talk about this before we go, because we talk about welcome offers. We talk about travel hacking. We talk about our travels. And, you know, a lot of people do, you know, advanced spending techniques to earn points. And they, you know, do all kinds of crazy things that you can, you know, find out. And there's all kinds of social media posts about it. And we talk about sometimes on our website. We also talk about it in our diamond group. And, you know, just a reminder that sometimes pushing the limits can bite you in the butt. And we always want to cover this stuff because we want people to understand that you have to proceed with caution. You know, Joe knows that he's had shutdowns uh, before and a lot of people in the community have. And when Chase launched Aeroplan, their card, and they launched Pay Yourself Back, meaning that you could cash in uh, Aeroplan points uh, at 1.25 cents each against purchases on your card, what they said was that it could only be with points, you know, coming from Chase and Aeroplan. But what other people did was transfer in points like from membership rewards, for example, to Aeroplan and then cash those out through Chase. Now, when Chase released this, they very clearly said in the terms that this wasn't allowed, but most people figured out that they didn't have the technology to stop it. And, uh, you know, so whenever you're going against the terms, sometimes you can get burned. And apparently one Redditor posted that he did about 5 million Amer American Express membership rewards points to his aeroplane, cashed them out through Pay Yourself Back. And then he got completely shut down all of his accounts, bank accounts, everything. I, I think he has 30 days to transfer out any points he has. Just a reminder, you know, for people who like to push the limits, sometimes it can backfire and you really have to be, you know, cognizant of that because Chase is a big bank. Do you really want to lose your relationships? I don't know. 
know, but uh, it's not something I would do to push it that far. But I, I think we have to kind of report on it to, to let people know it's happening, or at least it happened to one person, at least as of now. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like like that, that was something that always seemed like it was going to be risky. Um, but I do feel like I think this is a reminder for, again, the more average people in the miles and points space that typically when there are amazing deals like this, the people who hit it are ready to be shut down. Like they're, they have, they're mentally ready, you know, and know that that might happen to them. And so, you know, when you hear about a good deal, you need to make sure that you're ready for something like that because if all goes well, nothing happens, but you know, you can lose your account over it and you got to, you know, weigh the costs. Yeah. And I talked to a lot of people in the community and, you know, you talk to people who are very aggressive in travel hacking and, you know, they have a different comfort level than many other people, but they also sometimes will downplay the risks. Like they're ready for a shutdown, but they don't really believe it's going to happen. Or, you know, they may convey a deal is better for you. You really got to know like where your limits are and understand what you're doing and, you know, understand what the possible repercussions could be. There, there's a balancing act between, you know, the banks want you to be a customer who pays interest to them and they make a ton of money off of you and you want to use your cards to earn the most rewards and, you know, obviously never pay interest and pay off your bills. And you want to be a good customer in that way in, in that you, you know, pay your bills on time and, and that you're doing, you know, a lot of your charging on their cards, things like that. But so there's this like cat and mouse game, I think, between uh, the banks and you. And when you kind of cross the line, just keep in mind that they don't like that and they don't want that. And, you know, some people choose to do it anyway, and some people get away with it for a long time. Some people eventually get shut down. I'm not telling you what to do either way. I'm just saying that I think a lot some people in the community do downplay the risks. Uh, especially when they're doing it, they're kind of in a deal, they get excited about something. And, you know, we saw this recently with, uh, you know, a big spending scheme that people had going on, um, which I can't really talk about the name of it, but it involved people getting into, you know, six digits worth of float with spending this stuff uh, through buying products. And uh, I don't know what actually the latest is going on with that, but there was a point where payments were frozen and people had, you know, in some cases over $100,000 tied up. And, you know, they were earning lots of points for a long time. I had conversations with some of these people who just basically felt that this was safe and the best thing since sliced bread. And then, you know, they were sick to their stomachs when this happened. And I, I haven't heard like that they didn't get their money. So I'm guessing that they did. But yeah, just be aware of all this stuff. And I think if you're just playing the game on your level, getting some welcome offers, making sure that you're choosing the right card for the right place and, you know, getting some free nights and flights, I think that's good enough. Like, I don't think you have to push it past that. You know, I've been able to earn a lot of miles and points through starting a business and, you know, generating spend in that way, which is a very legitimate way to do it. And that's really great. And that allows me to travel, which I've done so much over the last year and a half, couple years. And I've been doing this for 10 years, never been shut down. So I think that tells you how far I push it. I, you know, I try to take every promotion as far as I can within the limits, but I'm not trying to be the guy who's going to cash out 5 million membership rewards at 1.25 cents. And also, you know, you can cash them out through Schwab at 1.1 cents. So that guy gave up his Chase accounts for what, about $800 worth of extra value off the top of my head. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but you know, somebody can do the math on that, but I don't think it was worth it. Yeah. I like, I just, that's a lot of money. Like there's no, there's no such thing as no risk bottom line. It's like, you know, 
Um, if you're a gambler or whatever, never play with what you can't afford to lose. And I, I think that, and this is not, I mean, this is, I've definitely gone out, uh, over my skis, um, probably more than like more than I felt comfortable with and more than I probably should have. It didn't burn me, but that doesn't mean that it was the right thing to do. So, I mean, there's, there's no judgment. I mean, we all make our own decisions and sometimes they backfire, but just a reminder, like don't play with more than you can afford to lose. Don't be like me. Well, I could afford to lose this, but, uh, you know, the one time I sat down at a no limit table in Vegas, Sean, you know, back, you know, a couple of years after rounders came out and it was all the rage, you know, I was out and I was young at the time. So this meant more. I mean, I could afford to lose it, but it meant more, you know, I was out $200 in three minutes. So, uh, don't be like that. You know, you gotta, you gotta think through these things, especially when there's a lot of money um, involved in, you know, so. Yeah. And the reason we're talking about this is because we do have affiliate links on the site. We do have relationships with the banks. I'm not doing their bidding here and saying it. I just feel like we have to cover both sides of everything to like, let people know what is happening and, you know, what people are doing and how to protect yourself. But we also want you to maximize every opportunity that you have to earn points. And certainly it's something that we've done and we continue to do. And, uh, you know, finding that balancing act where it's good for the bank and good for you can be a little tough and sometimes that line moves and that line is different for everybody and that's perfectly okay but we want to make sure we share this side of it so that it's not all you know peaches and roses joe to, to, to end the show on a another weird combination of words uh, <laughs> that just came to my head where did you learn did you did you learn english from the police academy movies like cassandra from wayne's world i, just, <laughs> I don't know where's, where's this from I, I, I originally peaches and cream came to mind so i just changed cream to roses because i thought that sounded better but uh yeah that's uh sometimes crazy things come to my mind and uh they make the podcast sometimes they don't but these ones did so i I hope you guys enjoyed all these topics and uh, make sure to hit us up on uh, social media to discuss any of this stuff if you have any questions or anything and we'll put links to the in the show notes for any of the articles and offers and things that we talked about joe where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast you can find me as a joe flies all over social media joseph chung at travelmation.net if you're looking to plan a trip apologies again for my audio on this episode hopefully it's not too bad and thanks again sean for editing really appreciate it where can we find you at miles to memories all over social media and then we have miles to memories.com with all of our articles for this podcast mtmpodcast.com that's where you can find link links to subscribe you can find links if you want to apply for cards support the show and uh, we still do the vegas youtube show doing really well over there if you like las vegas youtube.com forward slash miles to memories thanks so much for listening talk to you next time bye credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.